next installment of the SUS News podcast series where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host for the last eight or nine years. I can't even remember anymore, Patrick Egan. And as we always do for those eight or nine years, let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. I've been sitting right seat for that long. You'd think I'd get a promotion by now, Patrick. What's up? Yeah, I know exactly. Well, the, the guy that's running this show is a real, uh, not a, well, a kid, family show, but yes, soon <laughs> there's a promotion for everyone, you know. What do you want to be? Got to make up your own title around here. Um, so, hey, Gene, what's what's going on, man? What, do you been, what have you been up to? Uh, you know me, I've been flying something, no matter what, somewhere, somehow, and of course, you know, we, we are continuing on with all our research and forensics, and of course, I have to do my three takeoffs and landings every 90 days in my 172, so I've been doing that, but I tell you what I've been watching. I've been watching that little lawsuit that uh, is being uh, 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 aimed at our friends over at the Federal Aviation Administration. What do you think about that one? Well, you know, it's an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of funny. So I'm hearing all of the, you know, I, I, I'm on the phone all the time to different folks in the in the industry with the different, uh, let's say, views on what's going on. And it's kind of interesting. You know, some people, oh, you know, kind of blindsided the FAA last time. Doesn't have a leg to stand on. Why would he pick a fight with the FAA? He's just going to make enemies, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um you know, I'm like, first off the bat, does anybody know what uh, attorneys do? Uh, usually if someone's paying, you know, they're picking a fight. That's kind of what they do. And you pay them to do that. And uh, hopefully, you know, they have their ducks in a row. I think that there's a lot of people, too, that don't understand how the legal profession works, you know. I mean, I mean obviously, uh, you do your research. You know, you don't just go willy-nilly. So I think... Um, I think there's going to be some issues, you know, with uh, some, you know, Fourth Amendment issues. I don't believe that um, the FAA crossed the T's and dotted the I's. Also, think, you know, I've been talking about this. Uh, who doesn't like to ex parte for years with the FAA? You know, they they bring in the cohort, divvy up the goodies, send out the the people to proselytize, you know, disenfranchising the RC hobbyist. Um, some other BS stories so they can get the inside track into some uh, free marketing like a certain cell phone app company did. Went out, spent their VC money, threw the hobbyist under the bus. Oh, we got to, you know, bring the hobbyist under control. Didn't even have, uh, you know, value proposition for their app. All they knew is they were going to get some um, in-kind marketing from the FAA. So to me, you're either, in, in, in that sense, you're a turncoat or a, a Judas or whatever you want to be uh, for a couple of shekels or uh, pieces of silver, whatever it is, um, it's short-sighted. And I never believed for two seconds that this was going to lead to flying over people without certification or beyond visual line of sight. What what, what do you think, Gene? Did you, were you buying that? Well, well, I'm more curious to see whether RID even has a chance at this point. But, yeah, you're right. We've been talking type certifications for donkey's years. And I believe it's coming, and you believe it's coming. And uh, the whole 
you know, having an A&P look over your, your drone before you can fly it and getting it certified and that sort of thing, I think, is going to be an inevitability. Well, you know, the FAA let the cat out of the bag about six years ago on the Twitter channel. It said that, you know, they were working on uh, aircraft certification for uh, unmanned aircraft systems. And I, and I caught that on the Twitter thing six years ago. I go, oh, man, you guys let the cat out of the bag. Whoops. You know, and they had planned on rolling it out. <laughs> you know, a little time after that. So this is how long it took. Um, you know, there's another issue with, with the drone people and not understanding how public policy, rulemaking, FAA, and the rest of the gang works. You know, all these people, they have them clamoring for aircraft certification. I don't think anybody knows what that means or what I, I should say, what that costs. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, there you go. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is one of the things that we've always been talking about with this technology is this, the fast pace that it, it, it evolves at, um, you know, is it's one of the, let's say, uh, assets or benefits of this the, the technology. As soon as you type, type certify something or, certi- you know, have this airworthiness certification and, and uh, type certification, it, it, it will be a craft like the 172. I mean, when was the one? When was the like 172 rolled out? Oh you know? gosh, in the 50s. <laughs> I mean, the design has not changed much, and there's a reason nope. for that. And you're going to see that here. So, like, you know, you're happy with let's say the Phantom 4, and then they have a type certified certified version of that. It'll probably be you know. $4,500, but hey, you can fly over people legally. Like, it, you know, everybody's not doing it illegally now, you know. So, so it, I, don't, I don't think the, uh, the economics, people understand the economics of it. And, yeah, and then finally, you know, and this is another thing that I've been, uh, we, I, we've been beating this drum since before the uh, policy clarification is, it's like, you can have all the rules you want, everything. I don't care what you, you can, you know, whatever, you got to put a, picture of uh, an elephant on your drone, fly Tuesday at three in the morning or whatever you want to do. But if there's no enforcement, all of this, it's just totally ridiculous. It, it just doesn't yeah, even much. matter. People have been waving their, uh, you know, thumb in their nose at the FAA now for, well, probably since inception. <laughs> I don't know. But so those are the, those are the things I do. I do think that they stand a good chance since it's funded of uh, sending the RID thing packing. Probably what will happen, though, unfortunately, is the FAA will do the same thing like they did with RID, promise the ex parte cohort, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, chances at riches if they go to Congress and have their lobbyists uh, write into, um, you know, law, um, you know, whatever the new scheme is. But I, I always kind of go back to, remember, you, you remember uh, it was the 2012 reauthorization, and I know we're kind of getting into the weeds, but remember <laughs> um, the full mass integration at Congress? So, hey, you know, oh, yeah. you September 2015, we got to have full integration, you know. And then uh, FAA just said, oh, well, you know, ATC is not going to be ready, so they just can't get into it. Got anything to back that up or feeling? I mean, you know, nothing. And the industry just rolls on. I, I, I'm starting to wonder if, uh, you know, some sort of mass psychosis thing. But anyway, whatever. That's just, you know, my opinion. And whatever that, you can take that to the bank, team. Yep. That and $5. Get you a well, cup of coffee at uh, 
<laughs> Starbucks or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, anyway. How was he going to promote? Promote them for free? Hey, I love yeah, handouts right. for billionaires. What are you talking about? Of course. I knew you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, with, uh, without further ado, I think we should bring on our guest, uh, Mr. Mark Langley. Mark, you out there? I am out here. All right. That's good. It would have been awkward if you weren't. So um, maybe, you know, as we, we usually do uh, in the program is, uh, you know, people usually have long careers and many highlights to these uh, illustrious careers. Uh, possibly you could give the audience a little bio with some of the high points and how you got involved with small unmanned aircraft systems. Okay. Um, well, my bio is kind of lot, not at all connected to the drone industry. My background is uh, mechanical. Uh, my dad was an electrician. I went into the HVAC field uh, right out of high school, uh, ran my own business for nine years, then went to work for a company that uh, serviced uh, laboratory equipment, cryogenics, lots of lab-type equipment, uh, incubation equipment, robotics, things like that. And then I started my own company installing wireless monitoring systems across the country for IVF labs. And... Um, just kind of a, like technical side of things. Uh, I kind of stumbled into the drone industry, uh, certainly by accident. I, I bought one of those cheap uh, drones from 7-Eleven that you could, you know, every, every stick uh, movement keeps that thing in the air. And uh, I said, these things are really tough to fly. I learned how to master that. And then right around the same time, you know, DJI had the Phantom series. And so I figured I'm going to, see what it looks like with a camera on it. I think I went through like four or five different drones at the lower level, uh, you know, with uh, GPS, lost those things. Um, my, my saying is you're not a drone pilot until you lost a drone or crashed, at least once. Uh, and uh, I was hooked, you know, once I saw the camera and the capabilities of the GPS technology and where the industry was going, uh, being in the technical field, I, I saw where this could be of major value to public safety. And so I immediately um, hung out my shingle, a company called Airborne Works. Uh, we became a FLIR dealer, we're a national authorized FLIR dealer, and we became a Leica Geosystems dealer. And one of the things we noticed very early on was uh, many of the departments that we were approaching and were out my neck of the woods in Connecticut, a lot of volunteer fire departments. And um, I can't tell uh, the people out there listening that are, are connected to public safety how much I appreciate personally the work that they do in behalf of the, uh, you know, the communities that they serve. Um, I was blown away to learn about 70, 71% of all fire departments are 100% volunteer. That was a mind-blowing statistic. So it shows the selflessness of these individuals. So one of the things we had a hard time doing was selling our hardware to uh, these departments because they didn't have the budget. And I said, there's got to be another way to help these departments. So that's pretty much where the concept of the National Public Safety Drone Donation Program was born. Uh, we put our letter of intent into the IRS uh, back in uh, late 2018. And uh, lo and behold, we are now a registered 501c3 and we've uh, did our 25th drone donation two days ago. 
Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, the, the neck of the woods that you're from out there in Connecticut. I spent a little time out there some years ago. Um, and you've got lots of, uh, let's say, dense foliage, man. I mean, I was surprised. I guess uh, the rain and whatever else. So the uh, the flare must be of uh, good works good for the uh, for these different departments, police departments, whatever else. Yeah, depending on the resolution of the camera, for certainty. You know, there's uh, thermal imaging packages out there that are much better in probably colder weather than, you know, tempered climates. Uh, it all depends mm-hmm. on what, what, the, what the platform is. Well, that's true. Um, the resolution is definitely a, a factor. So, uh, you know, let's talk about this. Uh, you you kind of uh, mentioned it, but the... Um, a national public safety drone donation program. You, you touched on it. You got the, the uh, nonprofit determination, which is uh, good. Um, so, I mean, you know what? I, I know you said you, uh, you know, you, you figured out. I mean, I, I the statistic about all of the, vol- the fire departments being volunteer. Uh, when I first learned that, also kind of blew me away. Uh, because, you know, you would think uh, that these fire departments would have funding because, yeah, I mean, usually people rely on uh, those services, hopefully not too much, but when you do, you're hoped you're there, you know. Um, and, and it is kind of interesting, too, you know, how they get their equipment and things like that. So maybe you could... Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre, you know, It's uh, the, that they're doing that to, to raise money. I mean, you know, I don't pay a lot of taxes where I live, um, things like that. And it's one of the services that uh, I, I do enjoy if I need to call them. So, you know, when this thing got started, uh, was it like that you found out that that reality that, uh, you know, these, these were volunteer or how hard it was for police departments to get equipment? What, what was it? You just, what, what sparked it? So the criminal component within you know, the police uh, law enforcement industry seems to lend itself to having the budgets for, uh, you know, the newer technology, you know, bulletproof vests, uh, tasers, things of that nature. Now that drone technology is really stepping up and proving its worth, uh, you know, these, these departments that are funded typically will have the money. We're seeing most of our donations go to the, uh, the volunteer fire departments, and we've also actually donated to another nonprofit, which was uh, a search and rescue organization out of Florida, Florida Search and Rescue. And so we, we don't just donate exclusively to public safety. We'll donate to organizations that have a direct connection, like what Gene does, you know, with uh, search and rescue. Uh, and our board will consider, of course, that. Um, and, you know, we but we do want to ma- majorly focus on, on the public safety uh, part of uh, our, our donations uh, as a whole. Well, Gene, uh, do you want to step in here and yeah, yeah, give us absolutely. a perspective? I, I, well, one of the things that uh, I live in Texas and I was so surprised. I met Mark uh, in a little town called Dublin, Texas. You know, obviously it's not Ireland, but uh, I met Mark up there, and uh, there is a public safety museum up there. Oh, really? Who knew? Great. Who knew? Great. Amazing place, yeah. 
So, you know, I don't mind giving them a shout-out, the, uh, the the Dublin Public Safety Museum run by a couple of great guys up there. But I uh, met Mark when he donated a drone to the ERAP. Was it e- Yeah, it was ERAP. Sure. Yeah, ERAP County, yeah. Sheriff's Office, sure. Yeah, and, uh, of course, Locate, we, we followed suit. We, uh, we gave them two licenses as well. And uh, they were they were terribly appreciative, and I think that uh, they got effective use like immediately when they when they got the drone. It was within days, I think, that they they got some use out of it. But uh, you know, uh, Mark, you know, he he's a road warrior, man. He gets out there. He's got his van. It's his mobile office, and he takes off. and And the guy is everywhere. He drives everywhere. Now, he, today. You said you're you're in North Carolina or something like that, but uh, you're going to get a little spend a little home time. But this guy is on the road doing promoting and and pushing this seems like all the time. So, Mark, what you, tell us a little bit what what kind of road warrioring have you been doing over the last three or four months? <laughs> well, I do have a, a new what we call dromobile, but going back to the Erath County, I just want to uh, give a give a shout out to uh, Fox Fury Lighting. So, as an organization, we have what's called partner supporters, and uh, Locate is one of our partner supporters, but also Fox Fury Lighting. Um, uh, we have uh, yep. um, Skybrows is one of our partner supporters. Um, Darley Company is one of our supporters. We're going to be adding another partner supporter called uh, uh, Dynamic International, which is going to help. Uh, we're going to be putting on some free uh, webinars for um, grant writing, things of that nature. So what we're trying to do is bring everything together so departments can come to us, apply for a drone. It's very simple. You go to NPS dash ddp.org and up there in the top right is a drone donation button we prefer you to provide us with a video explaining why you need the drone how you're going to use the drone uh, but uh, back to gene's question we've been uh, traveling since november um, and uh, i've been all the way from south dakota to utah california arizona uh, texas um, uh, louisiana florida and I was in Charleston. I'm still in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm driving up to uh, Greensboro. I've got a meeting up there tomorrow, and then we're off to New Jersey to meet with a drone manufacturer that may want to become a partner supportive. And we work with many people within the drone industry. So if there's any organizations out there that would like to help join our philanthropy program to help promote the National Public Safety Drone Donation Program and help the public safety agencies out there, you can contact me directly through our website. Um, you can reach me by email, uh, info at uh, nps-ddp.org. Uh, but we're always available and looking for these strategic partnerships. Uh, I must say that Locate's solution is, is kind of groundbreaking, and we're very privileged to have this type of technology and being able to introduce this, because that's part and parcel what we're doing, not just promoting the drone donation program, that were, you know, we founded, but also promoting these amazing technologies that can be uh, leveraged with the drone platforms uh, within the public safety industry. In fact, many industries that use drone technology, right? Because we all know that it's not just public safety that benefits from the use of drones. Um, but specifically, we're only going to donate to public safety organizations. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's a, it's you know, it is it's a good technology that uh, let's say uh, you know augments a lot of different uh, business models and sectors and applications. 
but you do need to focus. But it, it sounds, you know, uh, like you're on target there with some of the other partners you have. The lighting's important, you know. Player uh, things important. Um, depending upon what you're doing, other uh, softwares are important, like the Locate product, which, you know, <laughs> I've been meaning to download and try for months now. Um <laughs> I, I just I, I don't even I just don't even know where the time goes, man. I, I uh, I'm into so much different stuff. I don't even have time to uh, sit down and think, and which is probably apparent sometimes. But um, yeah, uh, all of those things are coming together. Well, you know, what about uh, training? I mean, um, you know, are you I, I, I've done some uh, training for you know some fire departments out here. Um, I have a for-profit company called Airborne Works, which was the founders of NPS DDP. So we work closely on that part. And anybody who does business with us over there, whenever we sell a thermal imaging camera or a clear package or uh, like a LiDAR system or even our training packages, we will donate 5% of the net proceeds back to the National Public Safety Drone Donation Program. So we're really trying to focus and circle back. Another thing I, I just want to bring up, one of our very first partner supporters, ironically, and, and you wouldn't think this is New Jersey American Water. Now you're probably wondering how is New Jersey American Water supporting and why are they supporting a drone program? I met a gentleman out there who runs their GIS program. He's actually become a, a friend of mine. And uh, they have an entire drone program for inspection for their utilities inspections, you know, mm-hmm. for water towers, dams, things like that. And this company is very high tech. And what they're doing is they're recycling their old drones that are they're being put on a shelf back into our program. So that's another way your listeners could help us out. Uh, our most recent donation was done by a, a private citizen who found our website uh, by searching the term drone donation. And we will come up first, first time every time in every search engine. So if you have a drone sitting in the closet that's got uh, a good camera on it and it's safe to fly, we're going to actually test those drones out. It's got to meet certain criteria. But we'll recycle those used drones back into the hands of the departments that are less fortunate than those who have the funding. So I just wanted to throw that out there because it's really important. It's not just about giving us money to help supporting us, although that is much appreciated. Uh, The hardware donations are extremely beneficial in like the donations made by locate uh, for the software licenses and sky browse with the with the mapping and modeling uh, you know these are all tools that public safety in the general community as a whole benefit from when, when we're able to put all these pieces together and make these donations happen yeah well I know of uh, several large companies that have uh, drones sitting on the shelf depreciating and this this Heaven is a chance. I mean, yeah, exactly. Because you've got uh, you've got the designation. They could get the write off. They're just sitting there collecting dust. And the other uh, thing with the, the this technology, uh, you know, we did talk about in the beginning of the podcast is it does get stale. Um, you know, it's always kind of improving and whatever else. So yeah, if you do have stuff on shelves depreciating, here's a perfect outlet. It's a win win. And you can even feel good about it. It, it is know? a win-win. Yeah, we got a, we got an interactive uh, map on our website NPSDDP NPS-DDP.org, and uh, you can go read their stories and choose the department that you want to donate to. You know, it's not like, 
hey, here's a, here's a drone mark uh, for your organization. Choose the department. You choose the department. Go read those stories out there. You'll be surprised at the, the many use cases and reasons why these departments need these drones. You know, some of them live on heavily traveled rail areas where there could be uh, toxic spills, things of this nature, hazmat issues, right? Uh, you could be in areas where they're, uh, you know, out surrounded by mountains. There's a lot of search and rescue need, you know, covering vast amounts of area. That was one of the things with uh, Dublin County. They have a huge area that they need to look at. One of our donations I'm very proud of that we did in uh, uh, right on the border down in Texas. Uh, it was um, right on the Rio Grande border, and within 40 eight hours of the donation, they captured a guy who was fleeing from them that was a wanted suspect. So stories like this are going to come out as a result of these donations. And we're also, you know, trying to leverage those stories to, to educate the municipalities about the value of drone technology. We understand the whole argument about privacy, the whole sector of privacy, but many people don't understand the FAA has got the privacy issue being addressed when we test as a licensed pilot, right? I mean, we, we have to acknowledge that there's safety, not only safety issues, but privacy issues. And uh, public safety is out there for that reason to protect the public. And so when people push back and say to municipalities, listen, we don't want drones because, you know, we don't want a camera in the sky. Well, think about every time you leave your car or leave your home, you're probably on a camera three or four times during the day, if not more. Um, yes. And, you know, we're using these drones to uh, help protect the communities, not to spy or, you know, uh, infiltrate things of that nature. Well, uh, you know, that uh, the privacy thing, I mean, I have that discussion with people all the time, and I've been having yeah. that discussion with people for and it's so so long now. I, it's, I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But that's even how I got my, my Twitter handle, which is the drone dealer. Um, I did the uh, Berkeley <laughs> Drone Town Hall meeting. God, that had to be 2013 or 14, and it was like straight out. It was, but it was straight out of like a sitcom. You know, I mean, the yeah. pot smoke was wafting in the window. Dude goes, "There he is, man! There's the drone dealer!" You know, like the drone dealer's here. You know, and, it's a matter uh, of education, I think. You know, and. You know, some people you're just not gonna you're not gonna win their support, right? It's just gonna happen. But, uh, but actually, to, your, I, to your point, drone technology is 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 exponentially growing at breakneck speed. I can't believe since we started how much the technology has changed. Like just look at what Locate has got for technology, which is groundbreaking. What Sky Skybrowse is doing with their technology, it's just amazing tech. And it's only going to get better. And, you know, the communities are going to benefit the ones that apply this technology. And we hope we can help do that. Well, you know, and, I, and that's a good thing. But I, I will say that even in that uh, example, by the end of my talk at the Berkeley Drone Town Hall meeting, I, I everybody was on board. I just, you know, show a hand, awesome. man, who, uh, you know, who, who's not into feeding the hungry world? Oh, you know, damn it, you got us on that one. Who's not into, you know, <laughs> finding a lost Alzheimer's patient? So, you know, it, it is a matter of education, and I've always advocated that uh, police departments, fire departments, really just you need to engage with the public. It's almost like for law enforcement, I, I use the um, canine thing you know i mean they bring yep. you know officer joey out to the school they're not going to bring you know uh, a rabid dog out to the to, to meet the kids 
you know, and, right. as soon as people get to um, understand what's going on, they're like, oh, okay. The other thing is you hit on another point with, with, with that and privacy and, you know, aircraft fly over uh, your house. There's a precedent. The other thing, uh, you know, the assets that are already on a lot of um, law enforcement helicopters will have a FLIR uh, or mm-hmm. a, you know, um, uh, the, the MX-15. Yeah, or, or you know, uh, the C-Star Sapphire, whatever. These are very powerful EOIR sensors. And I tell people, they're yep. like, well, you know, you wouldn't be able to see my face. And I'm like, oh, you'd uh, be surprised. Yeah, you can somebody <laughs> yeah. be standing yeah. off a kilometer, you know, and you're going to be, uh, they're going to yeah. be, they'll see well, exactly we, who you are. We we have we've we have satellites that can tell if you're eating hot dogs or hamburgers. So, you know, I don't, I don't really think the... It, it, Everything's got its use case, right? And there's going to be the folks out there that misuse it, like, uh, you know, a, a very kind of a comical but not fun story. But out in, out in the Cape Cod, they've actually banned some, some drones because there's a lot of outdoor showers, and guys are using, mostly men, obviously, are using these things to spy on people taking showers at the outside of the houses, you know. So this is a very valid argument as to why drones are are, are not a good situation. But when... When you're on the Cape and, and your canoe flips over and the current's coming in or out and you're caught in a riptide, uh, your life is, is, is bound to a matter of minutes or seconds, could be. Well, I'm so just thinking maybe. The deploy, the better, right? You know? On the canoe, i got to have you know, one of those outdoor portable showers. You know, things go south, I throw up the shower, <laughs> and don't come out. I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding, of course. But, uh, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, there's always going to be people abusing everything, and it's not. You know, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think that people, you know, it's really it's up to the uh, the departments to say, hey, this is how we're using it, and you know, come and check it out. And it's not some mysterious monster technology. 1984, here we come. Um, you know, interesting, and, and so, interesting point you just make there because in Tucson before they started their drone program, they actually educated and got the opinion of the general public before they started their drone program. And that's, that's the only way to go. Accepted. Yeah, they introduced it first before they implemented the program. And uh, yeah. then that was just our 25th donation. We just did private citizen just dropped that drone off a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, that's the way to do it. And uh, mm-hmm. people, once as they understand what the, the video or the photography is or how you're going to use it, whatever. I mean, actually, here in uh, Sacramento was one of the first police departments to to publicly announce that they had a drone program back in 2008. Remember that, Gene? I do. I remember it well. <laughs> and was, unfortunately. Was, was Sacramento did that? Yeah, uh, back in Sacramento PD. Well. And they rolled out, they bought a Procerus Unicorn, and they had a couple of drones, and they rolled out, and we're going to, you know, had the police, their police department stickers on the side, and we're going to roll out. Unfortunately, the uh, consultant that they hired wasn't really up on the regulatory side of it, and they rolled out uh, after the FAA had uh, clamped down on the, on the drone use thing. But actually, you know, even uh, Los, Angeles, Los Angeles County Sheriff's <laughs> Department had a... Um, had a program going, but they'd call it a toe in the water. And there was actually an officer or two with the LAPD that had uh, their own drone that they were flying. And this was, this was back before the 2007 thing. Remember that? Yeah, it was 2006. Yeah. I commander Sid um, heel was uh, the guy's name in uh, LASO. Good guy. 
Yeah, and and you know, so this is kind of a funny, and I don't, you know, I don't want to go too far in the wayback machine, but this is something that Gene can attest to. Is like people are like, oh, hey, we could use this technology for X, Y, and Z or whatever. Well, you know, we were already X, Y, and Z in um, in two thousand three, four, five, six, yeah. seven. Um, when did you write yeah. your book, Gene? Uh, the book was 2013, but you know, I, I did my first, uh, uh, recovery in 2005. Yeah. No. Yeah. He, uh, Gene, have you, I mean, maybe have you read Gene's book? I mean, Gene, this guy, you know, and it's funny as people go, you know, Oh, do you know any drone experts? And I go, yeah, I know one guy and his name's Gene Robinson. And, you know, it's it, it's not even, uh, I mean, I like to joke around, but it's not really a joke. This guy has been in the field, man, uh, with small unmanned aircraft systems yep. longer than most people that I know. Um, but it is, you know, it is interesting. And, and that was one of the things, you know, there was this uh, kind of head of steam or buildup prior to the policy clarification where this technology was, you know, starting to get out there to uh, fire and and uh, law enforcement and SAR and all of this other stuff. And just as we're kind of seeing that, 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 that head of steam build up now, that was going on then. And we were really like, oh, wow. Um, and not that it's not a good thing that these things are happening. I think that we're my, – my only beef is, is that we're so far ahead now uh, where we were uh, 13 or 14 years ago that I really think that it's time that the uh, FAA kind of loosen the reins a little bit so we can rein a little bit you. more. Yeah, you know, like the nighttime thing, that should have never been a, a, a waiver thing. I mean, that's ridiculous. I think that um, – you know, some some applications in certain places. If you're out in and totally in the boondocks somewhere, um, you yeah, know, looking for a lost. Yeah, and a lost talker. You know that maybe uh, it should be some sort of the visual line of sight thing could be a little further. You're flying over the trees. You're at a low altitude. I mean, they they could put a uh, risk matrix together and work that out. And that's one of the sore spots for me. It's like you know we have this technology. You're in certain locations where it could be used. You know, you might have somebody's. Uh, a few lives out there, you know, uh, like almost like that Mount Hood thing, Gene. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, the co-op from people... the Mount Hood search. Yeah, you had. Uh, yeah. Was there like six people out there? So you know, I, I think you know, we have to do, you know, our, our use cases or whatever, or or that zero, you know, risk thing, especially when you have lives on the line. And that is one thing, too, with fire. Usually people are very, um, you know, open and receptive to fire departments. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, because, yep. you know, when your house is on fire, you're like, yay, they're here. We love these guys, yeah. Exactly. And uh, I'd like to see, you know, every fire department have, you know, this equipment. Well, we can, we can help with that if you don't if you don't have the funding. Give us give us a call. You know, to your point on on on, on uh, risk risk uh, management and you know the Lance program, in my opinion, is is a great initiative that the FAA has put out because they've established easy access to um, you know controlled airspace given a box that you would fly in. Right, that's that's a great step in the right direction. Uh, and they, if they could apply that same thing like you're saying to non-populated areas where there's where genes out there doing search and rescue or any of the other organizations are looking for people why would you need 
authorization to fly at night if you've got a light that you can see where your device is. There's no one you're going to drop your drone on. Uh, you're just looking to save a life or recover someone, right? Um, so there, there's these these got to be looked at a little closer, in my opinion, you know, with opening up those avenues for public safety to be able to deploy quickly uh, what's going on. So Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I, the Lance thing would have been, uh, you know, shit, would have, could have, should have. I mean, it used to be you couldn't fly within three miles of an airport without, uh, right. you know, asking for clearance. Long really, you didn't even, well, you didn't even need it. But you would, uh, well, I mean, back in the day, remember this, Gene? I used to, like, any time I was going to fly within three miles of an airport, I'd just call the tower. Hey, exactly. you know, I'm going to be over here on Mulberry Street on uh, Thursday at noon. Oh, okay, well, how long are you going to be up? Oh, about a half an hour. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. That was easy as it was. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, the people in the tower did not get paid for servicing their craft. So that system didn't work for them. Um, which is unfortunate. And I believe that you're going to go through all of the triple plot of the lands. Uh, the box is a little bit smaller. I think add more to it. Uh, where it could have been, maybe you could have flown an extended visual line of sight or a little beyond visual line of sight in those boxes where you're out there. There's no population on the ground or very little air traffic. It could have been so much more. But uh, that's, that's kind of been the... Uh, story of my life for the last, uh, you know, 20 years with the FAA is it always could be a little bit more um, to, re to really ring out the, the, the best that this technology has to offer, especially in situations where, uh, you know, life safety or, or people are missing or, you know, there's a dangerous fugitive or, you know, there's a raging forest fire or, you know, I don't even want to get started on the forest fire thing because that is the making it step. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, so hopefully this stuff will be coming here in the future. Um, should already be here, but hopefully some more of it will be coming in the future and, and we can even get more use out of this. Um, so, you know, we kind of get to understand where you're coming from and it's a great thing and hopefully people will hear this and people will, um, you know, those, those drones that are sitting on the shelf depreciating will let's say, fly off those shelves and help you out. It, it, can, we, can we have the web website address again? Sure. It's nps-ddp.org. Or if in any, any uh, a browser, uh, just type in drone donation. We will come up first. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a pretty self-sufficient, uh, easy-to-use, easy-to-navigate web uh, portal. Um, we've... Uh, together and the application process couldn't be simpler like I said if they do want to apply uh, a video would be great and we have a place to upload your video link from Venmo or YouTube or wherever you want to host it and uh, description we need your metadata on your department which we redact out uh, you know for security reasons uh, but we'll put, put you a pin on the map and uh, do whatever we can to help promote your donation request. And we'll also go as far as to call local businesses if you can give us a list of local businesses that have in the past supported your public safety agency. And we'll uh, go out and uh, make calls to these uh, businesses and ask them if they'd be willing to make a donation uh, towards the asset that you requested. And, um, you know, 
So we're also working with repair companies as well, right? A lot of people say, holy mackerel, it's going to cost me 450 bucks to fix my phantom that I just whacked into a tree, and they don't cough up the money. So we can use some of the donated monies that we get to work with the, the repair companies, uh, and they've agreed to fix these things pretty much at cost, and then we can get those back in the hands of public safety. So we're really trying to recycle if we can. If we don't get new drones like Bottel would gave us 14 brand new Evos, right? Uh, a great start to our program. Pass off to Autel for that. Uh, yes, that really definitely. And it was an amazing uh, initiative on Autel's behalf. And, and a lot of departments have really benefited from that department I mentioned earlier that caught the person within 48 hours. That was Nevo. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can help us. Uh, most, the best way you could help us is, is spread the word about what we're doing. The more pins we get on the map, uh, the more people that are showing the need for this technology, the better leverage we have to go to corporations and ask them for support. And really, I can't thank uh, your, your talk show here enough today, and you and Gene, for having us on to uh, discuss our program tonight. I just want to say in closing that uh, our board of directors is so proud of the men and women of public safety and the work that they do to protect the communities that they serve. From law okay. enforcement right down to search and rescue and everyone, we are so proud to be able to support these uh, brave men and women in the work that they do selflessly. Yeah, well, we definitely second and third that, correct, Gene? Yeah, absolutely. I even, or, you know, I, I, I know it's a, it's a, you know, it's a great cause, um, and I'm, I'm glad that you're out there doing that. And shout out to Autel and the other people that donated. And I, I know you did say there was some criteria for donations, and I'm sure um, you know we're not you know we're not too choosy or whatever. But I'm sure there's a certain criteria floor, like you said. You know, you started out and you bought the uh, drone at 7-Eleven. Not really something that uh, is usable for for what we're talking about here. So, is the criteria listed on the website for for the donations that you're looking for? Uh, no, but we're going to put it up there. But simply, if it's eyes in the sky with a good camera and at least one battery, and it's safe to fly, and it can be, you know, it's if it's not a older older technology, and we've had some of those come in too, by the way, you know, some of the older. Uh, drones that probably wouldn't be well suited for fast deployment, easy up, you know, easy deployment. So what we mm -hmm. do is we've uh, started to partner with STEM programs, and we donate those drones to STEM programs so that uh, we can help uh, young kids Excellent. understand Okay, well I like that. So you know, there's we're we're not uh, we're, we're 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 repurposing and we're finding um, homes for all of this stuff, and that's yeah. a good good thing because I'm into STEM education too. I think that's very important. Um, and that's good. So that'll be good too when you get the criteria. Yeah, we'll put it up there. That's uh, actually good input. Thank you. I'm not sure what happened, but I don't hear you. Hello, Patrick. Did we lose you? Okay. I think okay. Well, maybe I don't we lost know if. I don't know if we're still recording on this one. If uh, if so, I will take. I, I, hey, I asked for a promotion, right? So it's my time to fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are coming up on the uh, the 45 minute mark, which is you know, as Patrick says, we usually get to that one pretty darn quick. And uh, man, it's uh, it, it's been great to have you on, Mark. I know that uh, uh, we we did a, a great interaction over there at uh, Dublin. 
And uh, yeah, that was fun. Look forward to pleasure to meet look you. Look forward to more. Yeah, I'll be seeing you yeah. in about a month, a month or so, right out in Texas. We'll be out there. That's right. That's right. You will be out here for the Granite Peak uh, uh, deal. Uh, is yep. that correct? That is correct. We'll be driving the drum mobile down. Yep. For sure. Outstanding. Look forward to seeing you there. And uh, uh, I think that uh, we're going to have to get Antonio on here and uh, talk to him about some fox lighting. I've used the ones that he donated to RP Search Services already. So uh, Yeah, great lights that those guys create. So we need to get caught up and, and uh, get those guys on and kind of spread the word some more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's about the education, just getting the word out there. Uh, the more people exponentially that talk about this, the uh, the more the general public will learn about it, and then the more support we can get as time goes on. Absolutely, absolutely correct. Okay, well, with that, we'll go ahead and close this podcast as we reach the 45-minute mark, and uh, we will hope that uh, everyone has a good day. And, Mark, you be safe out there on the road. You too, Gene. Thanks again for all you do for 